Welcome to the Diabetic Fighter Podcast, where you learn to lower blood sugar, lose weight, and live better. Live better. Introducing your host, nutrition coach, type 1 diabetic, and blood sugar control specialist, Sean Wicks, the Diabetic Fighter. Welcome to the Diabetic Fighter Podcast. It is almost the end of the month. Happy Monday to you. It's always so nice to start off the week doing this. I love that intro. Just the best intro. I mean, one of the things I wanted to do when I started this podcast was to bring something to the diabetic podcast world that was exciting. And uh, that intro, what's it called? Intro does it for me every single time. So welcome to the Diabetic Fighter Podcast, where you're going to learn to gain control of your nutrition, lower blood sugar, lose weight, and live better. I believe that nobody's life should be cut short because of diabetes. Everyone should have access to the proper nutritional information to best control their blood sugar based on their body's needs. Nobody, nobody should fall victim to amputation, heart disease, or stroke because we've been fooled into eating the way that the food industry has conditioned us to. My purpose is to help as many people as I can lower blood sugar, lose weight, and to live better. And I hope to help you too. I like to start the podcast with that every single time because I think it's so important that everyone understands why I'm doing this and why I'm so passionate about it. One of the most difficult things for me when I was diagnosed at 29 years old as a type 1 diabetic was understanding what to do. You know, I I didn't have support from the doctors. What the diabetic nutritionists were telling me to do is making me gain weight, use more insulin, and feel terrible. And I just didn't have a good control of my blood sugar. I did everything I could to learn about nutrition and carbohydrates and insulin production, insulin, you know, resistance, and put it all together. And now I try to bring all that information to as many people as I can to cut through all that noise that's online and to give you real information that's going to give you real results. There is so much information out there online. I mean, there's so many Facebook groups and online chat groups and forums that, you know, there's good information in there, but it's always mixed with other information, conflicting information sometimes given by people who are not really following that information or following that protocol, you know, that are regurgitating stuff that they've heard and not putting it in the right context. So my purpose is to try to give you guys as much information as possible. That's really going to help you to control your blood sugar, to lose weight and to live better. So today is going to be our very first ever question and answer session from listeners. I plan to do this hopefully every month. We'll see how it goes. But I think it's super fun to uh, go through the questions that I have here and answer them and share that knowledge with you guys. So all the questions that I'm going to be reading today are from my private Facebook group. It's called the Diabetic Fighter Private Group. You can check it out, Facebook forward slash Diabetic Fighters, plural, or just search for the Diabetic Fighter private group. It's absolutely free to join, so check it out. Come on in, meet everybody, and learn how I eat and how I live to control my blood sugar and keep my A1C in check. 
So it is the end of the month. I can't even believe where January went. This month has just flown by. Uh, it's been super busy on my end. I started on the 6th of January, my own 21 day transformation program, uh, which is my, you know, the main coaching program that everyone, no matter if they're diabetic, non-diabetic, uh, athlete, anyone that works with me starts with the 21 day transformation. And I began my own after, you know, a couple of years of, of not doing it exactly the same steps through that I originally did when I created the program. Um, the way it works is in the first week, we remove all the sugar from your nutrition, every single, uh, you know, even natural forms of sugar. And we change our body's fuel source from being a sugar burner to a fat burner. And our ancestors were hunters and gatherers. They were uh, relying on animal fats, uh, animal meat, as well as nuts and seeds to sustain them through, you know, periods of famine or uh, migration to other areas where they would move from uh, place to place to hunt and gather. Uh, and our bodies are actually biologically designed to use healthy fats as a primary fuel source. We actually get a better conversion to uh, energy from healthy fats than we do carbohydrates. So when I say carbohydrates, carbohydrates are just a chain of sugars and they break down in our body uh, uh, and, and form sugar where it's then moved into our cells and used for energy. So in the first week of my program, I was able to lower my fasting blood sugar by 60% and reduced my long-acting uh, insulin, my basal insulin, by 10 units. Since then, I have lost upwards of six and a half pounds, but what's more important is that I've been reducing the inches. I've lost almost three inches off my chest, a couple inches off my waist, but my blood sugar now has become so stable that I'm able to cut my long-acting insulin in half. So a little bit more than half actually, because I was taking originally 60 units in the nighttime as well as 60 units in the morning of Levenmere. Now I'm taking 50 units at night, that's it. So I was even surprised. I mean, I work with people on a daily basis to lower their blood sugar and reduce their need for medication, help people get off of metformin, things like that. But I figured I was just, you know, pretty under control. You know, this is what I do. But when I actually did my own program, I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. So there's always room for improvement, no matter what you think you're doing, what your A1C is, there's always room for improvement. But it's important that we do it in a way that we're not restricting and limiting our lifestyle. And that's one of the most important aspects. So what I do in the third week of the program is I allow for what's called an earned meal. I don't believe in cheap meals. I believe in earning that meal. When we earn that meal, we take a three-hour window after six days of perfect numbers, uh, and we take a three-hour window, and we eat and we drink whatever we want. And boy, it was good, but uh, yeah, I'm paying for it today. <laughs> um, yeah, I was burping pizza pretty much all morning. But it was good. And when you do it this way, you don't feel the guilt of, quote-unquote, cheating. You've earned it. So you don't have that guilt. You don't have that shame. You earned it. You take a three-hour window. You do what you want. And then you go right back to being on the program. Uh, 
So I'm super, super happy with my results. I'm going to be posting up. I've been doing some vlogging, posting videos and stuff in my private group. Check it out if you want to see my, um, my pro progress through the program, as well as some of my other clients' results. You can always go to my website as well, diabeticfighter.com. Click on the client results and see all the wonderful results of all the great people I've worked with in the last few months. Ah, coffee. All right, so let's get to some questions. But first, I want to ask you something. Are you cooking from recipes that you can trust? You already know planning breakfast can be the most time-consuming, confusing, frustrating aspects of diabetes blood, blood sugar control, but it's also the most important. That's why it's so important to cook from recipes that you can trust. My mission is to provide the best diabetes nutrition information and advice to diabetics and people caring for diabetics all over the world. With my recipes, you can trust that you're in good hands. I want to introduce to you the Diabetic Breakfast Solution. It's 30 quick and delicious recipes proven to solve cravings and dramatically lower your A1C. I use these recipes that I'm giving you in this book to help my clients every day achieve lower blood sugar, weight loss, and dramatically lower their A1C as part of my 21-day transformation program. And I believe it can help you to do the same to do, do, do the same. I believe they can help you to do this, do the same. First of all, okay, this book, it's not one of those boring low carb recipe books that you're used to seeing with the same old things that are not really created for blood sugar control. That's the key. I didn't realize when I became diabetic that these books, I mean, as I get gain more knowledge, I realized a lot of these recipes had honey in them and things that were just totally terrible for our blood sugar. So they're not created by diabetics. A lot of people are trying to cash in on us, diabetics. And in these recipes, I've included battle-tested recipes, the quantities, ingredients, and even broken down the calories into the macronutrients, which are the fat, carbs, and protein that are working right now to help my clients get results. There's a lot more in here than just scrambled eggs, okay? We've got crepes, muffins, uh, casseroles for breakfast, all kinds of delicious things in there, breads, guaranteed not to spike your blood sugar and blow your A1C out of the water. Now, go over to diabeticbreakfastbook.com. You can download your copy of these 30 mouthwater recipes today for just $7, US dollars, seven of them, that's it diabeticbreakfastbook.com. Download your copy today. Let me know which ones you like. They're delicious. Go check them out. Alrighty. So let's get to some questions and see if we can answer some people. Um, okay. So let's see. Now, Joanne in my group asked how to get water in. How do I get water in? So I'll, I'll, I'll avoid saying your mouth. But I understand, okay, so water is very, very important, not only for diabetics, but for all of us. And many people are chronically dehydrated. Many people can mistake hunger for thirst. So it's important, the water that we put in our body, it's like changing the oil in your car. So water in equals water out. And we wanna keep our cells in our body really hydrated with good, clean water. So, you know, two liters um, a day minimum, I usually say half a gallon, 
minimum is a good starting point. One of the things I like to do and like to recommend for my clients to do is to get a 32 or 64 ounce water bottle that you take with you everywhere. I like to take mine and fill it halfway with water and then freeze it overnight. So there's a big chunk of ice in it in the morning. From there, I just fill it up with more water and then throughout the day, just keep filling it up and filling it up and filling it up so it's always nice and cold. For some people that don't really enjoy just plain water, you can put lemon in there, you can put limes in there. Also, you can check out a product called BCAA, which is called branch chain amino acids. And these are actually building blocks of protein. So these are a great way to flavor water without any, you know, artificial sweeteners uh, and things like that, uh, that make them taste great. Also, you could think about looking into one of the great, um, you know, products that are out now that are kind of carbonated seltzer water uh, or soda waters that are flavored with natural essence of different fruits. Personally, there's a couple of brands I really like. I like black cherry flavor, blackberry flavor. So there's lots out there on the market you can check out. But try to start off small. You know, um, if you're not used to drinking water regularly, just start off small. Take a bottle with you, drink the full bottle. Fill it up again, drink the full bottle. Just get into the habit. After a couple of days of constantly drinking water, your body's going to crave it and you're going to want to drink more water. So the key is just to have it with you, make it delicious, put some, you know, lemon, some lime in there. I like to freeze mine to make it cold, uh, have my bottle halfway filled up with ice and then just keep filling up through the day. I hope that helps. Okay, so Stan asks, what is glycemic index versus glycemic load, please? Okay, so the glycemic index is a index that associates a number to a particular food. Now, what that means, the number means, it, it generally goes from zero or one up to 100. Now, the higher the number is, the more sugar that food contains, either with carbohydrate or true sugar. Carbohydrate that converts to sugar in your body or natural sugar. So, the glycemic index is a number rating. The lower the number, the least amount of sugar. The higher the number, the more amount of sugar. But that doesn't really tell the full picture. Um, so carbohydrates all convert to sugar, but they're not all created equally. Some carbohydrates have fiber in them, and that's what we call complex carbohydrates. They take more energy to process. They give her a longer burn. They don't spike blood sugar the same way than simple carbohydrates. Those are the ones that don't have fiber included. So we should always be choosing the lowest glycemic number when we're making our food choices. Now, glycemic load simply means the amount of effect that certain food is going to have on your blood sugar. So, for instance, uh, a food that may have the number 50 on the glycemic index that doesn't contain fiber and a food that has the number 50 on the glycemic index that does contain fiber, they're going to have a different load on your blood sugar. They're going to have a different result. So the one uh, that doesn't have the fiber is going to have more of a drastic effect or more of a load on your blood sugar than the 
uh, food that doesn't have the fiber. So the difference is one is just a, the glycemic index is just a, a number representing how much sugar conversion that food has and the glycemic load is how much effect that's gonna have on your blood sugar. For me, I, I just use a simple rule and that's just never eat anything above 40 on the glycemic index. Um, and you know, just that's what I stick to mainly throughout my days is 40 and below, mostly through 30 and below, but some of the time will be 40 and below as well. So I don't personally use the glycemic load. I just stick to the glycemic index and follow some of my carb commandments, which are in my 21 day transformation program. All right, Stan, I hope that helps you out. Now, okay, so Michelle asks, I would like two things. One, tell us some simple exercises to work into our daily lives. Two, I need simple, smart snacks that I can grab and go that I can buy at Walmart, not at specialty stores. Okay, perfect. So, number one, tell us and show us some exercises to work into our daily lives. The first one I give to all of my clients because if you live in an apartment building or if you live in a house, chances are you have steps. And steps are the best way to increase your heart rate. So when it comes to exercise, unless you're trying to, you know, rehabilitate a certain muscle group or a certain body part, ultimately what we really want to do is increase our cardiovascular health, health and to you know, burn off some of the blood sugar we have that we may have in our in our bodies, as well as, um, you know, lower our calorie, um, I guess, burn some of the calories off that we're eating each day. And the best way to do that is to elevate your heart rate. Now, the best way to elevate your heart rate is jumping. So, one of the things I say is skipping is my favorite ex exercise and it's the cheapest exercise. You can get a skipping rope for like $5 or $8 on Amazon, uh, jumping rope. Some people don't have the mobility to be able to jump rope or to skip. So the second best is climbing stairs. If you have stairs in your house, challenge yourself. Start one night or one morning or whenever you wanna do it. Count how many stairs there are, go up, come back down, go up, come back down. Count the number of stairs that you do when you go up and try to beat it the next day and the next day. The key to having a good exercise, is a routine rather, is just creating the habit first. People always bite off more than they can chew. They get the water bottles with the belt that goes around the whole thing. They're going to do a run on their lunch every day for an hour. Forget that. Just take five or ten minutes each day to set aside that time People say, well, I don't have the time. If you open your phone right now and you go to settings and you go to screen time, and you look at the amount of hours you've spent in the last day or week on social media, you do have enough time. I guarantee it. So 10 minutes a day, just set aside that to start. Create the habit. Do it every day. Do it two days on, one day off. Two days on, one day off. Something like that. Create yourself a plan, okay? You need to be able to schedule this into your life. And I think it's so important. Every Sunday I sit down and I plan out my works workouts for the week. And I do it in pen and paper. I just write it down. What am I going to do? When am I going to swim? When am I going to lift weights? When am I going to kickbox? And I write it down and I stick to that schedule. 
It's very important. If not, you'll find excuses not to do it. So plan it into your life. Okay, so second, I need simple, smart snacks that I can grab and go that I can buy at any regular store, not a specialty store. The most or the best thing that you can do is eat fats. So there's lots of good, um, lots of good snack choices that contain good, healthy, hard fats. Those are nuts. Those are cheeses. Those are uh, natural deli meats. So I like to get a natural turkey. You know, it's got no nitrates, things like that. But ultimately, what I'm concerned about is sugar and carbohydrates. So, um, you know, I always keep a bag of nuts everywhere. I don't buy the ones that are in the containers. You have to be careful with those. Those a lot of times have sugar added to them. So what I'll do is I'll buy them from the bulk bins. I like to make a mix of my own. So I try to go for almonds. I like the, the slivered almonds. Uh, cashews are a big favorite of mine, pistachios as well. Those are great to keep in your car. The thing with nuts are I never crave them. I never think, um, I'd, lo I'd love a big bowl of nuts. But if you do have them out around and you do snack on them, as soon as you take them, you'll realize, wow, these are really good and you want more. But the key is to have them out and uh, around you because, again, I never think to go, hmm, I'm going to go to the cupboard and, and get some nuts. So that's a good one. Boiled eggs are another one of my favorites. When we do our preps here on Wednesdays and on Sundays, we always boil a dozen eggs. We have them in the fridge ready to go. So that, you know, boiled eggs last forever. Uh, and, you know, we keep them in the fridge. You just throw them in my gym bag, throw them wherever, and have those with you. Cheese as well, all sorts of cheese, cheddar. Um, I like Swiss, old cheddar. Um, I like cheddar cheese curds as well. Those are sometimes something that I pick up. Um, turkey pepperonis are another big one that I, I like to use as well from day to day. The key is to have snacks and to regularly snack throughout the day. You don't want to go too long between uh, eating and have your blood sugar drop. When that happens, then you're more likely to end up at a vending machine or a drive-through window and making a real bad decision. So the key is to be, be prepared, eat frequently, eat regularly, and have some good snacks on board. The best type of snacks are healthy fats. So if you're not sure what those are, you can always Google healthy fats snacks and uh, get a good list, or you can join my group. Diabetic Fighters on Facebook, the private group has lots of information, lots of pictures, snacks, and meals that I, um, that I eat regularly. Okay, another question on that topic. Ray says, what to eat when you know that you will not be able to cook or get home in time? That's a great question. Um, I mean, one of the things that I can do uh, what I, I have done in the past when I'm really in the jam is I'll go to the grocery store and I'll pick up a rotisserie chicken. Um, sometimes I, I'll get a salad as well. So just, you know, some, some romaine and, and some salad dressing. I'll do that. But if you have to go to a restaurant and it's late, you know, you, you kind of have to be picky. So for me, when, when I go to places like that, restaurants or fast food places, one of the great things now is that many fast food restaurants will wrap their lettuce and uh, their burgers in lettuce. Lettuce wrap burgers are a big thing now, so that they don't look at you so strange if you ask for that. 
So, I mean, if I'm out with friends uh, or they're going to pick up fast food, I'll usually get a burger wrapped in lettuce. Also, another thing that I like to do in food courts, if I'm stuck in a mall, is go to the Japanese style um, grill where they do, you know, like a teriyaki chicken or beef over a bed of rice or noodles and just simply ask for beef or chicken. I usually ask for extra beef or extra chicken because I'm a big guy with no rice and extra vegetables. And then I don't get any of the teriyaki sauce, any of the sugary sauce on it. But when they give it to me, I'll put hot sauce on it. So sriracha or something like that. That's my go-to when I'm in the malls, when I'm shopping, if we go to a movie and end up at a food court, that's usually what I'll get. At restaurants, I mean, just be super picky. Um, most places now are used to people having, you know, even gluten intolerances, uh, vegan, vegetarian, whatever. Sometimes I'll order what I want without even looking at the menu. You know, if I'd want a big Caesar salad and I want a couple of grilled chicken pieces and I want uh, an avocado on the side, I just ask for that. Then they say, well, that's going to be like $60 because they have to give me side this, side that. But um, a lot of places have different things on the appetizer menus that you can get that are, you know, chicken based, cheese based. Um, that aren't car-based, a lot of times I'll get, um, you know, like a tuna, like a, a dip or something like that. Maybe just not have the chips with it, not have the bread with it. Uh, I like at the keg I go, I get tartars sometimes. The tuna tartar, it's real good with uh, avocado and uh, tuna fish in there, sesame seeds and stuff on it. But, you know, I have stopped the grocery store, gotten a rotisserie chicken and, and eat, eaten that in my car. Uh, the key is to stay away from anything that's going to spike your blood sugar and cause you to crash or have to dose insulin. So stay away from carby snacks, sugar snacks. Just go for the protein and the healthy fats. I hope that helps. Okay, what else do we have here? We've got Shirley asks, how to lower cholesterol yet still eat food to lower blood glucose? Okay, that's a good one. So here's the thing, and there's a real common misconception about eating fats and saturated fats. Okay, so the only fat that is really, really harmful to us are what's called trans fats. In fact, our brain is made up of mostly fat. Um, Omega-3s, omega-6s are very, very important, and saturated fat is also very important in our diet as well. Now, it, it is fairly common for people to think and have the misunderstanding or mis, to be misguided and to think that eating fat has a major um, effect on blood lipid levels. In fact, studies now are proving that dietary fat has less than a 10% effect on overall blood lipid levels. So knowing that it really doesn't really move the marker, or as my doctor told me, move the needle in regards to your cholesterol level. What does have a direct correlation with high cholesterol is inflammation and high blood sugar levels. So we actually know now that the number one cause of all disease is inflammation. And we also know that the number one cause of all inflammation is sugar. So if you want to be proactive about your blood cholesterol, your blood lipid levels rather, um, you really need to be 
thinking about reducing the inflammation in your body, lowering your blood sugar by either not putting it in in the first place or by burning it off with you know intermittent fasting or exercise. Um, you can use things like red yeast ex extract, which is known to be very good for helping cholesterol lipid levels to be lowered, but also include more dietary fiber into your diet. It's real, real important to have dietary fiber in our uh, blood sugar, pardon me, in our bodies to help with blood sugar and blood sugar control. Many people are very deficient in, in, uh, in fiber. So there's lots of good fiber supplements. You know, stay away from the things that have the um, natural, you know, the artificial sweeteners, things like that, and look for a good psyllium fiber husk supplement. And that's literally what it's called, psyllium fiber husk. I think I use one called Fiber Life. Uh, and that has helped me tremendously. Cardiovascular exercise, you know, in addition to lowering inflammation by stabilizing your blood sugar, getting your nutrition in check, is ultimately the key to good lipid levels. Now, you know, granted, if you do have high lipid levels, it's very hard to reverse the high, high lipid levels without something like, a, you know, um, a statin. So, I mean, that is something you, perhaps you may need to, to talk to your doctor about, you know, um, that's not my department, but I do know that statins are not great drugs. So it's always best to do things as naturally as possible. So how to lower cholesterol yet still eat food to lower blood sugar. So you just want to avoid the carbohydrates, avoid the, avoid the sugar, avoid, you know, starchy, anything white, avoid flour, milk, rice pasta, things like that. Stick to the good, healthy heart fats, the fishes. Uh, Omega-3 is really important to have in your nutrition as well. And exercise. So fiber as well. So I hope that helps you out, uh, surely, and can help you to lower your blood sugar. Okay. So I've had a few questions as well of people asking me about different brands of either keto bars or granola bars or snack bars or protein bars and all these different types of bars. Um, and I wanted to, to kind of touch on this for a second. So one of the biggest things the food industry does is try to deceive us by creating products that look like they're healthy. They're for athletic people. They're nutritious. And that is absolutely something we need to be careful of because many of these products have hidden sugars and carbohydrates and things that will spike your blood sugar. Now, some of the bars that were suggested in my group this week have sugar alcohols. Now, sugar alcohols, while they may not have the same effect on blood sugar as regular sugar, they definitely do a number on the digestive system. And if you've ever eaten any diabetic chocolates or candies or any great amount of them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They create a lot, a lot, a lot of gas and gastric disturbance. It's always really, really a it's always the best decision to avoid anything like this. So, I mean, if I go on vacation where I'm going to go to Central America or something like that, I will buy protein bars 
um, to take with me, to have in my backpack in case that I'm stuck, my blood sugar is low or something like that. But I go for things that have natural ingredients such as honey, um, such as oats, right? Peanut butter, things like that. Now, I know that these things are going to raise my blood sugar, so that's why I have them. But from a day-to-day -day perspective, I would never recommend that anyone use anything in a box for regular day-to-day -day con consumption. If it comes in a box, it has hidden sugars, guaranteed. So even if it's promoted to be healthy, keto, blah, 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 look on the label, okay? First thing you want to look for on the label is serving size. The measurements that they're going to give you in the nutritional information is going to be based on serving size. Sometimes it can be confusing. You may think the whole container is one serving. It might only be one third of the container is the whole serving. And you think that's the whole container. So it's important to see exactly what the serving size is. Then have a look and see how many grams of sugar per serving. My golden rule is never more than three grams per serving and never more than one serving. So if it's not worth it for me, if, if one of these granola bars has two servings in it and it's three grams per serving, so that's six grams in total, I'm not going to eat it. Forget it. So it's important to have a look. And I mean, there's over like 80 or 90 names for hidden sugars. Be very, very careful when you're buying products like this. Have a look. Make sure there's nothing in there that's going to spike your blood sugar uh, and then cause you to uh, release insulin or have to inject insulin and then potentially crash or end up in what I call the cycle of suffering, where you spike your blood sugar, crash, spike your blood sugar, crash, and then just crave foods all day. Have you ever had one of those days where no matter how much you eat or what you eat, you always feel hungry? Well, if you have, that is because you were in that cycle of spiking, crashing, spiking, crashing. The best way to get out of that is by eating protein and healthy fats for your meals and snacks and to avoid all sugars and carbohydrates. All right. Another question about breakfast cereals. Okay, so are there any good breakfast cereals that come in a box? Quick answer, no. <laughs> Absolutely not, there are not. The only thing that I do recommend for breakfast that if you'd like to make like a warm cereal is steel cut oats with added chia seeds or hemp hearts or something to add more fiber to that breakfast. The problem with boxed breakfast cereals, even if you find one that is relatively high in fiber, you have to put milk on it. So people say, well, I put almond milk on it. Okay, that's good. So you put unsweetened almond milk. How does that taste? Um, what nutritional value are you getting out of that? Okay. So if you're not getting healthy fats or you're not getting carbohydrates, you're not getting any energy, simply put. Is it worth it? No. It's best to avoid at all costs any boxed cereal, anything that comes in a box, okay? Steel cut oats are the most uh, or the least refined oats, so they're in the mo most natural state. Those are always the choices you want to make when you're picking either, you know, a rice or um, an oat, 
anything that's been processed to be consumer friend friendly is going to have more of a negative effect on your blood sugar. So you want to avoid that as much as possible. So I would say for anyone concerned with blood sugar control or weight loss to avoid any cereal in a box. Alrighty. Next question. Which foods spike your blood sugar the most? Okay. That's a, that's a big one. So, I mean, everyone's a little bit different, but I mean, if you do refer to the glycemic index, you can see the foods that have the highest number on the index, and those are going to be the foods that spike your blood sugar the most. For me, speaking from experience, I know that bananas are one that will do it the biggest, biggest culprit. I always say the banana is the arch enemy of the diabetic and blood sugar control. I always try to stick to berries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, if I'm going to eat any fruit. Stay away from melons. Stay away from bananas. Apples are okay. They've got more fiber in them. Usually when I eat an apple, I'll pair it with uh, peanut butter to kind of blunt that spike by using healthy fat. So, I mean, there's all kinds of different foods. Rice will do it. Pasta is going to do it. Bread's going to do it. Milk is going to do it. One interesting one that I found out when I was um, training for a fight about, I guess, 2016 or so, I was on a real low-carb, high-fat diet, and I was training a lot. I was running a lot every day, and I couldn't get control of my blood sugar for about a week or so. So I started having to narrow it down to try to figure out exactly which food was, was the culprit. And I found out that I was eating this real dry curd cream, uh, cottage cheese. Um, and I really liked it because it wasn't watery and wet. It was a real dry curd, maybe for baking. I'm not sure, but it was delicious. High in protein, great all around. But what I didn't know was at that stage of the dairy process, there's a lot of dairy sugar. And it was really having a real interesting effect. It would spike it like initially, it would come down. And then it had like a double effect where it would come back again and spike it again a second time. So once I tested my blood sugar after eating that, I realized that that was the culprit. So now I do not include that in my nutrition at all. So that was a real surprise to me was cottage cheese. It's always best to stick to meats, proteins, veggies, green leaf veggies, anything that grows above the ground with the exception of corn. Uh, corn will definitely spike your blood sugar. Stay away from all root vegetables, anything that grows below the ground, that will most certainly be more starchy and will have an effect on your blood sugar. Alrighty, so if you'd like to ask me a question or have it um, highlighted in upcoming podcasts, feel free to send me an email at inbox at diabeticfighter.com. That's inbox at diabeticfighter.com. Feel free to also come over to Facebook, join the party, the Diabetic Fighter private group or facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash diabetic fighters, plural. Come join the fun, join the party. I hope you're doing well and I look forward to speaking to you again and being with you here again next week. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Diabetic Fighter Podcast. Diabetic Fighter Podcast. For more information on how you can take back control of your health and transform your life, check out diabeticfighter.com. Be sure to tune in every Monday for new episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and share. Thanks for listening to the Diabetic Fighter Podcast.